What is up, fellow thermonuclear AFers? I am Damp Valley coming at you with one of the first reaction uh, podcasts or clips that we've had in a minute over here. Very quickly before we get started on every NBA team's biggest disappointment so far. Uh, just want to remind, implore, beg, plead with you. Continue to subscribing to us wherever you're consuming us. Spotify, Apple, all the podcast players. If you're on YouTube watching right now, please hit the sub button. Like, comment on the videos to help the algorithm love us back. We're really trying to grow the community. Join our Discord as well. Twitter's imploding, apparently. So head over to our IG, TikTok, and our Discord. The links to all those things are in the podcast and YouTube descriptions. Let's dig into this. I have not looked at it yet. The Bleacher uh, Bleacher Reports, every NBA team's biggest disappointment so far, written by uh, one of my coworkers, Zach, Zach Buckley. Reacting to it in real time, giving my off-the-cuff stuff, because I don't really want this to last longer than... 15, 20 minutes, so we'll just see. Let's just see how my guy did. Let's just see. Uh, one month into the season, what the disappointments are. Trey Young, Atlanta, Trey Young shooting for the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, he's definitely adjusting to a new role, so I get it. I think the Hawks shooting in general has been a disappointment. I know they haven't had Bogdanovich there just yet, and DeJounte Murray's actually been hitting a higher clip than his catch-and-shoot threes, and I think many people expected, but they're just not taking or making enough threes in general. Trey's playing off the ball a little bit more. Uh, it's definitely a little bit uh, disappointing, though, that he is as efficient relative to what he normally does. Boston Celtics defensive decline. Yeah, I would say that's probably been a disappointment uh, just because you look at their shot profile defensively, and it's fine, but teams are, are hitting a lot of those looks. They don't have RW the th- RW3, though, excuse me, so I don't believe that that would be susta- sustainable. They'll get better. Also, their offense is really good. Jason Tatum's in the top five of, of the MVP ladder right now, so... Definitely disappointing, but I don't know how concerning, to be honest with you. Brooklyn Nets, Ben Simmons' lack of impact. I'm actually recording this immediately after watching him have a pretty big impact on their uh, their Thursday night game against the, um, oh my God, why am I blanking on, on the Blazers? Wow, who they just played. He looked really good before he fouled out. I think he's going to end up being a defensive difference maker. I think you really need to look for it. It's not even the scoring. It's not even necessarily better foul shooting or even being, it's, it's the aggression level for sure. It's just like, don't get rid of the ball before you're getting the free throw line so much. It feels like he's trying to get rid of it too early in transition too. I have hope for him, but yeah, that's been the biggest disappointment unless you count Kyrie Irving just sucking as a human being, but why give Kyrie Irving the benefit of the doubt at this point? Charlotte Hornets scoring shortage. Um, that's probably fair. I think there was the expectation that this team, they, they're 28th in points uh, points scored per possession, which is not good. 29th in effective field goal percentage. Lamelo has missed time. Terry Rozier has missed a bunch of time. They've been running a lot of stuff through P.J. Washington. Gordon Hayward's injured already. So I understand this disappointment is probably spot on. Their defense has been bottom 10 now. It started off a little bit frisky. They just don't have the personnel to be any better than this. They're a team that I think should absolutely tank. I have no qualms there, unless you count, you know, Lamelo having missed so much time before coming back. That's that's fine. And now he's dealing with ankle stuff again. Chicago Bulls, anemic attack. Yeah, you look at this team and you're like, oh, they're 24th in points scored per possession. Um, they've dealt with some injuries. I think when you look at Zach Levine's body availability to start the year. Uh, but at the same time, like you kind of look at the personnel and it's, oh, if they're not going to be good, the fact that they are still uh, 11th in defense, that's actually surprised me when you look at the personnel. Um, Patrick Williams felt like he was trying to figure some stuff out offensively, but when you kind of look at, you know, they don't have Lonzo Ball right now, I think that's a big deal when it comes to their 
their shooting and also just like their shot location because you know you're going to take a lot of mid-rangers with DeMar DeRozan there. But this is the, their offense has definitely been a disappointment, and, and it's certainly contributed to them being a few games under 500 at the moment. And I don't know if you're trying to single out like a player who's been the most disappointing. Like I don't know that you can necessarily target one unless you were expecting a monster leap from a, a Kobe White or, or Patrick Williams. Then I think it's fair to look at one player. Moving on to the Cleveland Cavaliers, crunch time collapses. Yeah, that, that's probably pretty fair too. I think I would still go with Isaac Okoro here, just not even really a part of the short-term picture anymore. That was someone who he still can be really good defensively, but it's just so much of an offensive non-entity. Uh, it puts their three spot in a bind, even though you have Dean Wade, who's played good minutes for them. Um, Karis LeVert at the three. It's worked for stretches as well. The crunch time collapses, they'll certainly matter, um, and those are spot on. They were, I think they started off the season eight and one or whatever it was. So I think you, you look at this team and yeah, that's a little bit disappointing, but the three spot in general could be billed as a disappointment that they haven't been more aggressive in trying to fix it, but it's early. So I would just say Isaac Okoro kind of just fading from the picture. Bigger deal to me. Dallas Mavericks support shooters. Yeah, I get it. Um, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie's been a better shooter than I thought, basically since he arrived in Dallas last season. Tim Hardaway Jr. off to a really slow start. I think the Mavs have missed like the largest share of uh, wide open threes in the league. I actually don't. I don't know. I should have checked that before I hopped on here. But again, reacting live. So I totally get this disappointment. What I would say is the bigger disappointment to me is them not figuring out a way to use Luka differently or diversify their offense more. I know a lot of people think he can't play a different way. I know a lot of people think that the Mavs aren't built to let him play a different way. I agree with the latter. But, like, try and lean into more of Wood, Dinwiddie, and Doncic together and sort of say fuck the defense because you're overtaxing Doncic right now before the playoffs. And, like, you're only two games under 500. It's cool that you're top 10 in both offense and defense, but there's, like, a, a level of unsustainability here. So you want the support shooters, I guess, to do more. Bullock seems like he's coming on a little bit. You can't not play Maxi Kleba if he's not hitting his threes because of how important he is to you, how important he is to you defensively. I think it's more so not being able to diversify the offense, even relative to their personnel. Denver Nuggets, leaky defense. I mostly agree here. There's been some wonky bench stuff, but seeing Michael Porter Jr. cook with a lot of bench units is a big deal. Bones Highland and him have had some nice minutes together. Uh, if you can tread water even a little bit without Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray on the floor, that's a huge win. Specifically the rim protection, though, in Denver. A lot of people are going to put that on Jokic, that they're allowing like 70% shooting at the rim. And a lot of it more comes back to ball containment when you're sort of looking at, okay, Jamal Murray isn't all the way back here. When it is the bench, you see Bones Highland getting blown by. Michael Porter Jr. not making the right or consistent reads on the back line. It goes beyond Nikola Jokic. If you're going to bring him up to level the screen, you need to have trustworthy people behind him. A lot of people thought maybe one that could be Michael Porter Jr. just because of his physical capabilities. Maybe it can. Um, we haven't seen Aaron Gordon a lot in that role because he still fends a bunch from point of attack. I think KCP's been good for this team, mostly on, on offense. Bruce Brown's injected some life. And you look at their top-end lineups, they've been good defensively. The starting unit's been pretty good. Replace Michael Porter Jr. with Bruce Brown. That line has been pretty good. Pull Jamal Murray for Bruce Brown and just go with that lineup. It's been pretty good defensively. Uh, you do... I think you want more ball, better ball containment, I would say. Just looking at that percentage at the rim, how they've defended drives. They're in moments um, where it's looked okay. I just wonder if it's going to hold up against playoff defenses. The Nuggets were my title pick, FYI, so I'm just of the mind that they will be. Detroit Pistons, offensive inconsistency. This is fair. I think I'd probably go with, hey, can we see more inventive lineups from Dwayne Casey that don't include eight Jillian Biggs? Uh, I, I get the, you know... I kind of get not staggering Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham more because you want them to play together long-term. You need to figure out whether they can 
uh, coexist at the same time like let's explore that a little bit more and like build lineups around Cade that have more shooting it's almost like you're going into every lineup and because of who's like the big and his chemistry with Jalen Duren is good you're just saying we're gonna have at least two non-shooters on the court you can get to four if you want to play Bay Livers Boyan Bogdanovich with Cade and then a big maybe it's Stewart who's been chucking threes um or Durin. That would be my biggest disappointment. Maybe that lends itself to offensive inconsistency, but I would go with lineups more than more than anything here. And maybe some of their defensive coverages. They've had uh, a lot of switching, and James Edward III wrote a great article about this for The Athletic, so maybe you're, that's there. The offensive inconsistency, it's like it's just a bunch of young guys. So uh, you would almost expect it, but to not see more inventiveness from them, uh, that's a little bit or a lot of bit disappointing. Golden State, Clay Thompson's tough start. yeah. I'm just, this dude is still working his way back from two major injuries, sort of didn't play a lot last year. I'm more disappointed in Jordan Poole. I think because you even, I guess go with the bench, go with James Wiseman if you want, who's not even in the rotation right now, he's in the G League. Uh, maybe even go with Kaminga a little bit because he hasn't played more minutes. But it's really, you know, what the bench you knew was always going to be hit or miss. They invested so much of the, even if you don't expect them to play, you have Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman taking up roster spots. So that limited the amount of depth that you could acquire. So I think looking at the bench, you understood, even with Igadala on the payroll, um, Dante DiVincenzo getting injured to start. You could see like how the bench minutes would be dicey. But Jordan Poole's just been maddeningly inconsistent. And he had like a really good stretch. And then cools all the way off in the um, latest Warriors lo- road loss to the Suns. And it's just a waste of Steph Curry playing like a top three player once again. Houston Rockets, Jabari Smith Jr.'s sluggish start. I can't call this the biggest disappointment for them. He's just a rookie. I think they've tried to let him do too much on offense. I'd rather see him. He's done a lot of play finishing. I want to see even more of that, though. My biggest disappointment for the Rockets is maybe it's Steven Silas as the head coach. Um, This is someone who I don't know that he's overseen enough development. Why aren't they running more stuff? through Alperin and Shangun. Why isn't there more off-ball movement when Shangun has the ball? Why is this team still not acquired just sort of like an offensive steward, a floor general, so that Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. aren't the guys you're tasking to creating offense for others at every single turn? So that would be a disappointment in the front office, but looking at the personnel they have, I would like to see them. I like that we've seen a little bit more Usman Garuba. Looks like a defensive monster. Hit a couple threes the other night, too. That that jumper, not pretty looking, and it takes a while, but it was falling. Um, My whole thing is just, you have Alperin Shingun. He's probably your best player at this point. Run more stuff through him because that's sort of the way to counteract the lack of a conventional floor general. Indiana Pacers, Chris Duarte's rocky uh, road. Yeah, this is maybe a good one. Uh, for me, it might be. My favorite is O'Shea Brissett. It's just been so inconsistently in the rotation. But yeah, I, I think this is fair, and it's kind of hard. He just might end up being the odd man out when you're looking at how well some of these guys are playing. Uh, Buddy Heald, Benedict Matherin, Tyrese Halliburton, of course, looks like a looks like an all-star basically right now. Where does he fit long-term? We saw some struggles from him um, even over, you know, when he, he was playing over the summer. Uh, did he fade after last year's hot star as a rookie? Still have faith as him, especially if you're going to view him as someone who is kind of like your fourth option in general or fifth option like in your rotation. Um, but you wanted to see a little bit more diverse of talents from him on offense this year. Um, so... Like, yeah, he's had, like, some moments, but shooting 34.2% on three is not great. Um, I would, I think that's fair, but it's also, like, a little bit expected. Was this an unexpected disappointment? I think the degree to which it has been on offense. Los Angeles Clippers' atrocious attack. Yeah, it's the offense. Kawhi Leonard's injury, that's obviously, just came back. That's obviously disappointing. The three-point shooting has been a big wolf. Um, it's, it's peaked up a little bit, but... You know, if we had to identify one player, Reggie Jackson's kind of perked up too, at least from beyond the arc. Norman Powell's been 
a borderline disaster, though. Like, not really playing great defense. Um, his shot has been coming and going, and if he's not going to give you rim pressure in threes, his value to this team becomes really weird. I'm starting to wonder whether the Clippers need to almost make a consolidation trade because they're they're too deep with not the right amount of players. And it does feel like they need, though, when you look at their offense, another change of pace initiator. Maybe Kawhi takes care of some of that with Paul George. I think John Wall's given them a little bit of that. That's never really been Reggie Jackson's style from sort of that standstill facilitation position, set things up, go through the motions. Um, it'd be cool to see them acquire like a Mike Conley at the trade line or Ken, Monte Morris if he becomes available in Phoenix. I think someone like that would go a long way for this team. Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James showing his age. Yeah, I mean, that's probably just more important um, important than his uh, than their situation with Russ, who's been better since he's coming off the bench, but the Lakers have not really been so much better overall. Um, I think you could have gone with Anthony Davis. He's sort of really come on over the past couple games, but I thought he, or I was hoping he was going to have a monster season, but he's sort of just fallen out of the top 15 player conversation, and that's, if he's done that, LeBron is about to turn uh, 39, 38, whatever it is. Like, this is just, yeah, he turns 38 in December. That's, it's it's a disappointment, but it's, oh, LeBron's human, um, dealing with an injury. Didn't look, he looked really good to start the season before the injury. Kind of felt like he was a little bit mortal. Um, I just, it's Anthony Davis for me, but he's been he's been good on defense for points. You could just go with the Lakers. I Look, actually, look, the disappointment here is the front office. Just the fact that they didn't do more of the offseason to deepen the rotation with non-guards. You don't have to acquire all these guards. Yeah, it's cool that you've seen some nice moments from Lonnie Walker the fourth this year, but if you were going to get him and then go ahead and trade for Patrick Beverly and you kept Kendrick Nunn on the roster, you still have Russell Westbrook, you go and sign Dennis Schroeder. Come on. Can we get some wings on this team? Where are all the wings? You weren't flexible, but you could have done a better job. And the fact that they didn't try to address the Russ situation better over the offseason, if you didn't want to make the trade, I kind of understand it, but you were then committing to, okay, another gap year when LeBron's about to turn 38. So my biggest disappointment is just management continuing to be incompetent. Memphis Grizzlies, no defensive playmaking. Is that a disappointment when Jaron Jackson Jr. missed so much time? Yeah, I mean, their defense has been rockier than I expected. Um, he's come back, and they already look. He didn't look great on offense, but he was already showing signs of life uh, from defense. Uh, seeing sort of that their their defense has shrunk, though, you know, they were one of the best defensive teams in the league last year, down to 18th in points allowed possession this year. A lot of that just has to do without Jaron Jackson Jr. being there. But Zach Buckley makes a good point here. They force turnovers at a very high clip. They're now in the bottom 10 in forcing turnovers this year. No DeAnthony Melton, no Kyle Anderson. Um, those were guys who were very important. And in addition to Jared Jackson Jr. being injured, maybe that picks up now that Triple J is back, though. Miami Heat, Kyle Lowry's lost step. Yeah, I think you could just push it further that they didn't do enough over the offseason either. They were kind of receiving a pass because the Lakers and the Nets just, just suck. Um, but, like, you know, I don't really know what to tell you here. Uh like they, they they're old and so maybe you expect some regression Lowry's been definitely up and down this year and maybe mostly down the four spots been tough to lock down that's not really Caleb Martin's role even though like when he had to fill in uh, as a starter that you get it it can work but some of those lineups have gotten killed uh, you can't rely on Bam I think to be more aggressive on offense we're sort of that ship is sailed is him becoming like this top 10 player top 15 player on offense he's a he might win defensive player of the year um just given how well he's defended this season and, and overall. But offensively, I don't know what else you're going to expect from him. Um, we've seen some like weirdly human nights from Jimmy Butler. 
why did, wasn't this team more aggressive on the trade market? They have picks that they can move. They have salary in Duncan Robinson. It seems like they're probably on the verge for a trade for Jay Crowder, maybe. But that would help. I still think their half-court offense needs some extra jet fuel. Tyler Hero's actually been really good. And even when Jimmy Butler's on, I don't know that you can expect Kyle Lowry to be sort of an all-star at his age, even though that's the contract you signed him to. Certainly, Duncan Robinson's declining role in three-point percentage stings as well. But the half-court offense in general, I think you could see the potential for issues cropping up, especially when P.J. Tucker left. And you just lost that element of his, not just what he does on defense, but him being a little bit of a, you know, a motherfucker on the offensive glass and helping you get those boards. Um, that's been big for them. And so it's disappointing that they just weren't a little bit more aggressive over the offseason. I know they had financial constraints, but again, they were like tangentially involved in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes that then were, uh, you know, flipped over, turned over. But I don't, you know, I, I think that you still could have gone other ways there. And I know, look, you kept Kayla Martin. So I understand the spending limitations on Miami, but I would have liked to have seen them just done anything to, a deepen, strengthen, augment their half-court offense. Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Milwaukee Bricks. Well, that's fucked up. That's good, but that's fucked up. Uh, look, they still don't have Chris Middleton. They don't have Pat Connaughton. Uh, their offense has been rough. Their defense has been the best in the league. They're not just preventing looks at the rim, but they're also like really chasing guys off the three-point line and, and going after threes. Um, that's helped, but they're not shooting the three ball well. And they also have not, they've been uncharacteristically not great in transition, just something to, to watch for. And I still think that there probably should be the favorite in the East, but that's definitely something that you want to keep in mind. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves below average defense. Yeah. I, I just, they're like average in defense and they're really good. when Rigo bears on the floor uh, defensively for the most part. It's the offense for me. It feels like there's no rhyme or reason what they're doing. And as I record this and I'm looking at it now, they're 13th in both offense and defense. A lot of early season noise in there. I just thought that the Rudy Gobert, Conley Towns pairing would be more natural. But together, the Wolves, when they're on the court together, the Wolves have an offensive rating in the 8th percentile, which is really bad. Um, when you take Rudy Gobert off the court, the offensive efficiency goes up, but then your defense implodes. So there's a lot of just warts here. I don't think they surrounded those two with enough shooting. Uh, Anthony Edwards has always been like a work in progress there. D'Lo's always been around average or below average. He's certainly below average this season. Jaden McDaniels is not shooting enough threes. Jalen Noel has not shot that well on the three ball, even though he's had, he's had some explosive moments this season. Um, it's the offense for me more than the defense. I think I feel like they'll figure it out on defense, and Towns has been bad on defense this year. And I've even seen some just weird moments from Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels as well. Uh, the team in general is just disappointing. I would be more disappointed that there doesn't feel to be like the, an offensive rhyme or reason. New Orleans Pelicans, CJ McCollum shooting funk. My biggest disappointment would be that Zion Williamson isn't running more pick and rolls. Uh, I just feel like it took him, he's run like one pick and roll a game. I think he's averaging basically. And that's just substantially down from where he was in 2020, 2021, his last full season. I know you have more mouths to feed with CJ and Brandon Ingram in the fold, but like when you've seen a lot of zone defenses, like just give Zion the ball up top and run some stuff down the throat of the defense. And CJ McCollum's shooting funk is definitely disappointing because he is traditionally such a good scorer. I think he will find his way. Like getting Zion into the fold, it's more of an adjustment for him than it will be for, for Brandon Ingram. That being said, uh, I would still go with, I think they probably put like a little too much on CJ McCollum as a point guard at times, which is why my biggest disappointment is why can't we do more Zion with that stuff? New York Knicks, RJ Barrett stagnation. I might go with Tom Thibodeau uh, being Tom Thibodeau. I might even go with the front office doing a piss poor job of 
opening runway for playing Obi Toppin. It's Obi Toppin's minutes for me. It's still there. That's the biggest disappointment. RJ Barrett, before the past couple games, he had like this seven-game stretch where he was on fire from three. I still think he will be a good set shooter. I think he can be a better finisher. I think he can have less tunnel vision on his drives. His defense has been a, a, like actually fairly concerning this year, up and down, but mostly down. Uh, and given what you just invested in him, how important he is to your future, I get it. It's him, but it also could be, I think, the fact that the way Tibbs runs his lineups. Uh, also, like being unable to create more minutes for Obi Toppin. We've seen more of the Randall Toppin front court, but not nearly enough to draw conclusions. I think RJ's an acceptable answer here. Oklahoma City Thunder, Lou Dort's offensive skid. Uh, probably fair, but they're just, I guess because the team is exceeding expectations, it's tough for me to look at them and say, all right, like, yeah, that's killer. You know, Shea's playing a top 10 guy right now. Who cares? The, the Thunder are um, 19th in offense efficiency overall. I probably would like to see more from them on offense. The disappointment that they haven't done more to sort of flesh out the shooting on this team, supporting shooting, um, to flesh out the, the secondary creation. Yeah, you still have, like, you'll get some of that from Jalen Williams and you have Josh Giddy, but the minutes without Shea Gilgis Alexander have been an unmitigated disaster. And I know that you weren't necessarily trying to win any titles this year. I would have liked to have seen them do more to maybe add another veteran to the fold who might have been able to do that. I don't think you were counting on Chet Holgram to do that, even when he was healthy. I've been very impressed with Alexei Pokashevsky and sort of the secondary stuff that he's done, always super complimentary. So I think if you're just expecting Lou Dort, who, you know, it's not even just the the three-pointer. Like, he's just not shooting as well on his drives either compared to last season. That's been part of his appeal is that he's able to get going downhill and finish some tough shots. So, uh, and I do think he's an underrated passer, but I, I think that's fair to go with that. Orlando Magic, a Attacks from the injury bugs. Yeah, because I would like to go with guard play, but they've just been so injured that how do you go with guard play? Some of the lineups they've had to run out are truly funky as hell, and I love it. And I think you look at the players on this team, and it's no one, no one's like underachieving. I think Jalen Suggs has had some really big moments when he's been healthy and people are too down on him. Um, certainly not knowing when Jonathan Isaac is going to come back still after all this time is a bummer. Um, Colanthi being banged up, Markel Fultz being banged up. It just really sucks. So, like, there's the absence of guard play. Um, I, could you be disappointed in that, like, Mobamba? It feels like Bulbul's come on, so now Mobamba just doesn't exist a lot of the time. So there's that. I just, yeah, it's probably injuries. It's just picking injuries is a disappointment. That could be, why didn't we pick that for Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers? Uh, and But if you're going to say guard play, it's, a lot of it could be traced back to injuries. So I'll accept it for Orlando this time. Even, like, Paolo Bancaro missing time, like, that really sucks. Uh, you want to see Paolo Bancaro in, in every single game. Uh, I guess I've just been, like, the Magic have been a fun watch for me overall. The, them and the Rockets are two teams that I've actually watched more of early on in the season than I thought I was going to. So, you know, I guess, like, yeah, and everyone's been been banged up. So he mentions, Zach mentions Mo, Mo Wagner. So, yeah, I mean, if we're getting that deep, it's it's actually guard play, but guard play can be traced back to the injuries. Philadelphia 76ers middling offense. You mean to tell me a Doc Rivers coached offense that had James Harden until he got injured and Joel Embiid uh, is running at a sloth's pace uh that does not shock me 16th in points per possession yeah that's not great um they shouldered a lot with Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid in Harden's op, uh, absence I think Tobias Harris has been fine for the most like he's Tobias Harris if you watch him on ball this season compared to or decision make on the ball compared to like two seasons ago he's a lot quicker there um but they still like the bench is just sort of blah I don't know if that has a lot to do with the James Harden injury and that's thinned them out a little bit um but this is this is a team that you would expect to rank higher than 16th on the offensive end. They are. I'm looking now. They're fifth on defense. I want to see if they come up. But I actually think that their biggest disappointment. I know it's picked up. The transition defense is just still not not great, guys. Like this is a team that's still 
sometimes it was with you know James Harden on the court, but like this is still a team that wasn't consistently getting back in transition. And as we record this, let's just see their transition defense still ranks 25th in the league. So or 22nd, let's say 25th, 22nd, still not great. You would like them to be better after you know they signed Anthony Melton, Daniel House Jr. Phoenix Suns no resolution to the Jay Crowder situation. Yeah, that's fair. Sort of no trade here. Their bench has been a lot better than I would have predicted. I thought they were going to be much shallower, but they've gotten some good minutes from. Cameron Payne this year and Chris Paul's absence. Uh, Torrey Craig, Dwayne Washington Jr. is giving them some good minutes. Jock Lawndale looks really good. Um, I Couldn't the biggest disappointment be DeAndre Ayton? Is it time to just readjust the expectation and think, okay, he's a really good center, but that's all he's ever going to be. There are going to be nights where he just doesn't play without force or thrust and sort of disappears. I don't think that's unfair to go with him. But you're dealing with a Cam Johnson injury, a CP3 injury, uh, and now all of a sudden it's, okay, Jay Crowder's not there. That's one of your six best players in theory, and that's just an empty roster spot now. So not having a resolution. It sounds like we're getting close, but yeah, that that definitely blows. Portland Trailblazers free throw shooting. It's hard to find disappointments about this team when they've done everything from just like they can score the hell out of the ball still, um, even though, you know, I think when you look at their early season offense and that they're 18th, yeah, that's a little bit disappointing, but I think they'll I think they'll be fine. The fact that they have the eighth-ranked defense offsets that. Um, maybe a big part of the offense is they're getting to the line at the second highest clip in the league. But when you're not shooting that well from the charity stripe, it's, are we just going to nitpick here? Um, So I think you could go with the offense overall, but that is going to normalize. We've seen them like pull out some, you know, good crunch time offensive sets as well. But I guess free throw shooting is, is fine for them. Um, Like they're but 76.2% ranks 23rd. It's like how like how many points are you actually leaving on the table there? I think if anything, you could be just the offense overall. Are they committing maybe a few too many turnovers here? Um, they've actually been a better offensive rebounding team than I would think when you're running out certain guys. Like we've seen some smaller lineups from them. Uh, so I dig with three of them because it's so hard to pick. Sacramento Kings, Harrison Barnes has sagging shooting rates. Yeah, that's fair. Someone asked me if I thought the Kings were going to tank this year and trade Harrison Barnes. And I actually think trading Harrison Barnes at this point might be an anti-tanking move. Also, the Kings have just won five in a row. So no, they were never going to tank, but that shouldn't have been a question in the first place or at this time. Anyway, De'Aaron Fox has been a monster. So bonus coming on. Monk's been good for them. They've gotten a lot of good minutes from Terrence Davis. Keegan Murray's had some rookie struggles, but he still looked solid getting all the great minutes from uh, Kamezi Metu. Like he's been nice above the rim threat for him. My actual biggest disappointment might be that Rashawn Holmes just doesn't exist anymore. He went from one of the most underrated centers in the league to just sort of outside Sacramento's rotation. Having Sabonis did mitigate him always, but I might be more disappointed than him and uh, in him than Harrison Barnes. So I think eventually rebounds. San Antonio Spurs disastrous defense. Sure, I, look, they're just so young. I can't. I almost can't bring myself to care about that. Their bottom, bot, they're they rank twenty fifth or worse in both offense and defense, and they're dead thirtieth in defense, and they're also dead dead last in opponent effective field goal percentage. Um, they don't force turnovers a ton. Sixteenth in there, they're, and they suck at defensive rebounding. Which I guess when you look at their rotation after Yaka Pertle at the five, you kind of understand why they get there. This is a team that's in full on experimental mode, so I don't really take this as. Um, too much of a criticism if I'm them. I do think they've played with a lot of energy. I think Jeremy Sowen specifically has looked really good on defense. And yeah, could they could they be better getting back? Yes, they're dead last in points allowed per possession after they miss a shot. So they need to work on things there. But they're just, they're so young on a lot of this team that I, I'm, it's tough to just look at any players like, oh, like they've been really disappointing. Keldon Johnson, Dem Vassell, they've all been really good. Like I said, I like Jeremy Sowen. Before Blake Wesley got injured, um, he looked really good for this team. So, 
yeah, the disastrous defense is fine. I would like to see a team that is this youthful and can get up the floor. I would expect to have a better transition defense. So let's go with that. Toronto Raptors, Scotty Barnes' offensive woes. Yeah. I almost want to go with health for this team, too. They're beyond shorthanded. Um, yes, it looks like he's making everything's happening quicker for him, at least to start the season it did. His attacks on the ball, sort of like those spins and throwing up some hook shots and even his jumper a little bit, set jumper. Um, but he dribbles into some truly junky twos and layups, so I get that. The defense is also, like, is he one of the players now where his first team, his reputation on defense exceeds what it actually is in practice? He could be there. He's only a sophomore, though. So, uh, but And the Raptors are also going trial by fire for a lot of this. And given how much time we've seen Fred Van Fleet miss some time, Pascal Siakam miss some time, they're putting a lot on his shoulders. But I think overall, if you are the Raptors, like, hey, maybe you would have hoped that you weren't as reliant on your transition offense as you were last season, and yet here we are, you're 28th in half-court offense. Why was not, like, you didn't do anything to try and address that over the offseason. So I think that would probably be my biggest disappointment is sort of the larger context of the half-court offense. This team really could have used another creator, and I don't think it was realistic to expect Scotty Barnes to be on the same level as a Pascal Siakam or a Fred Van Fleet. There, the Utah Jazz, turnover trouble. I just, I can't bring myself to be disappointed about anything on, on the Jazz. I can't, their offense has been great. I actually think that they've done a better job crashing the glass than a lot of people thought. Um, the fact that they're not the worst defensive team in the league is like a minor accomplishment to me when you look at their personnel and how many five-out lineups that they run. So if you want to go with turnovers, yeah, but 23rd in, in turnover rate. Uh, I'm like kind of disappointed we haven't seen the five-guard lineup yet just because you have three that you get to so easily with uh, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, and Colin Sexton. That's just, you've already downsized. Let's go with, we'll throw Talon Horton Tucker out there. Doesn't Nikhil Alexander-Walker really warrant that much playing time? I think that's really a fair look at it. But, um, and we, so we've, yeah, but like, I just can't bring myself, is that bad? You can let me know in the comments. Is that bad that I just can't bring myself to, to be worried about anything of the Jazz? I guess the real biggest disappointment is, oh, this team isn't tanking for Wembenyama, but I'm just, I've surpassed that disappointment because they're so fun to watch, even in some of their their losses. I just think a turnover, like the turnover rate might be a function of the way they play, how reliant they are on a Jordan Clarkson, how much stuff they're asking Lowry Markinen and Kelly Olinick to do. So, um, if anything, I wonder with this team and how they play, should their free, like, why don't they get to the line a little bit more? That's a little bit disappointing. But again, I don't have a disappointment for the Jazz. The Wizards, no perimeter punch. Uh, Bradley Beal's missed some time too. That has to hurt. But sitting in, they are now, you know, their half court offense is 17th, which is actually higher than I thought. Um, but they're 22nd overall in points scored per possession. They just, I don't know, too much Kristaps in the post at points. Some really good moments from Kyle Kuzma this year. Uh, I just, I, I thought they were going to use Denny Avdi a little bit more, but he also looks like he's afraid. Excuse me. To shoot threes, I think we've seen a little bit like too much of a license for Rui Hachimura, but then he's had some standout games too. My biggest disappointment, I actually think, for the Wizards, who probably overachieved defensively once again to start the season. The fact that they're above average team when you look at some of the lineups they have. Um, I'm just like, why why are they so blah? That's I guess like is that a fair disappointment? I'm I'm I just look at them as sort of like they're almost in this Charlotte Hornets tier where it doesn't feel like they have uh 
like any aspirations to be more than chasing the 10 or 11 seed. They are over 500 as I record this. My biggest disappointment personally would be Denny Avdia, though. If we're, I'm just, I'm trolling here. My biggest disappointment has just been him. He had, I think he dropped 21 the other night, so that was a career high. But he is just someone who should be able to be a really good secondary playmaker, be more physical attacking the basket, and shouldn't be at least afraid to look at the basket when he has the ball on the perimeter. Uh, hope you enjoy this exercise. Let me know if you have any thoughts, disagreements about the list. Please remember to subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, and as always, one, I implore you to join our Discord channel. Link in the podcast YouTube description. And give a shout-out to one, the only, the indelible, can never disappoint us, Frank Nielakina.